0: These last three or four days, we've had Dr. Dave and Donald Curry in our city. Uh, they have been doing uh, marriage emphases, uh, with our emphases within our city here. Uh, they, uh, we brought them in, and they've been on Thursday. They spoke with the ministers, did a workshop with the ministers in the city. Uh, they did a workshop on parenting on Friday night, and then did two different marriage conferences—one on Friday and one on Saturday. And Dr. Dave Curry will be as our speaker for this morning. Uh, Dave, if you would please come up and join me. Uh, So Dr. Curry, he's a speaker, he's a counselor, and he's a writer. His background studies include uh, Briarcrest Bible College, as well as Trinity Evangelical in Illinois, where he received a Ph.D. in Educational Studies. Uh, He is the founder and director of uh, Doing Family Right Ministries. Uh, He and his wife reside in Abbotsford, B.C., uh, though they are originally from here, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, So I'm going to take a moment to pray for him. Uh, Lord God, we pause before you. We pray for uh, Dr. Dave Curry here as he brings the word to us. Lord God, that you bless him, that you anoint him, and the message message that he will share about the good news related to marriage. We pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So would you welcome Dr. Curry and his wife. His wife is just over here. Um,
1: Harry, you kind of blew the introduction, I just want you to know that. The highlight should have been, and Dr. Dave played ball with Bruce Ends for about six years, okay, that was the highlight, I mean, I was Bruce and Lisa's pastor before they came here to be on your staff, and so it's just an honor to be here again and to share with you. Yes, Bruce was the amazing catcher, and I was the third baseman, and uh, we played a long time together, attended the same church, and, and certainly enjoyed great fellowship together. It's wonderful to be back here in Saskatoon. My wife and I met here um, and dated and were married here uh, sometime around Noah. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, so some of you wouldn't remember those days. Oh, that was my pacemaker. Don't worry about that. Um, I'm uh, I'm here to share with you this message on keep calm and carry on. The good news about marriage, and I want you to know that I've spent about twenty. Uh, 22 of my 42 years in ministry, I've spent teaching at Briarcrest or Trinity Western or other graduate schools, uh, teaching right up into the doctoral level. And and so so half of my teaching this morning is going to be more like a lecture, love me through it, because the other half is going to come strong with regard to maybe a little more like preaching, okay? But there's some really interesting things we have to come to understand about the good news about marriage, Because our culture has things to say about marriage that we, the church, have believed in. And I've actually been part of the tripping up group that's messed up the church. And I'm going to apologize in a bit about that. But let me go to the next slide here. And that will help a little bit because you get to know a little bit of who I am. Please. Next slide. Beautiful. Like I said, we got there. The cultural analysis first. I'm going to look at some of the research. And then I'm going to look at what the scripture says about the impact of faith on marriage. The next slide is the one that's about my family. A picture is worth a thousand words, they say. So I have four married kids, and we now have 12 grandchildren, and that is a life that I love that makes me a millionaire, just so you know. Uh, I'm thrilled about that. So here, this idea of keep calm and carry on. Keep calm and carry on. Understand that those words, keep calm and carry on, came from World War II. You know the famous Sir Winston Churchill, that bulldog tough guy who's going to fight off the Axis powers and, and keep Britain from being conquered. Uh, and, and during the incessant bombings of, of London and all, he, he would talk to people, hang in their people, uh, don't be you know, discouraged, remain undaunted. And, and it was his uh, brave uh, strength as a person that rolled into this particular um, morale-building poster that actually showed up in World War II to tell the people to listen... Keep calm, even though they're coming over every night and dropping bombs on us. Keep calm, carry on, we're going to make it. And of course, we know the good news is that they did make it. But here we are in our culture. I, I chose to go with this keep calm and carry on theme because of this tenuous battle that, that there, is, there is also in our culture. Because in our culture, there are so many people saying marriage is, marriage is a dog breath. Marriage doesn't work. Marriage is going to fail. Why would you ever get married? With so many marriages ending in divorce, whatever, that's a crazy idea. That's what's talked about. That's what our culture is saying. The attack on marriage is even worse than, I believe, the Axis attack on Great Britain at the time. And there was room for us to keep calm and carry on because as I've done the research and done, I'm going to give credit here to Shanti in a moment, but but understand there is really good reason to look forward to marriage and believe that God's got his hand in this and it's a good thing. And I want you to know that that's been God's plan along, but society at different times takes a run at marriage and some of the other great institutions of our culture and tries to downplay them or say they don't work anymore. So there's the background there. Um, so what are we going to do here with regard to this attack on, on our culture? What are we going to do? Well, let me just say that what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you four truths about some of the negative statistical myths that are in our culture, then I'm going to give you four great scriptures to anchor your understanding about God and His views on marriage. Okay, that's where we're going. So, so let me see here. Uh, uh, let's go to the slide about keep calm and carry on. This idea of fear. Okay, understand that in our culture, that is basically saying, well, 50% of divorces are going to end in marriage, or marriage is going to end in a divorce. That was good. Yeah, I should like to stand here and just read my notes, but I'm too, I'm bored to stand there. I don't do that well, okay? So get used to this. But, but basically, when, when the culture is saying that 50% of marriages will end divorce, okay? So what happens is, we, we have these, these great fears, okay? Um, and, and, and you see that, um, I guess you, well, I, I should be here, of course, that's a little farther ahead of me. I recognize it's hard to follow me. Uh, there we go. That's the one I want. I love you. Um, here's the deal. What happens is, because of this talk and our culture and pressure, there's a fear inside. Imagine a young couple getting married, and they have in the back of their mind, well, we better work hard on this, because it's got a 50-50 chance of making it. That's pretty disheartening. That's pretty discouraging. Remember, I've spent my life helping people have good marriages. You know, the last uh, 22, 24 years, my wife and I have been traveling and speaking, doing marriage and family conferences. We've done premarital counseling with 742 couples. That's a few people we've helped get married. And you see, I want you to know something. That, that, that this fear in the culture that looms over us, it's insidious. It, it actually, under the surface, it has me kind of worrying and I kind of doubt. It's widespread. It affects all of us. We hear about, well, you know, there's a lot of, lot of divorce these days. And, and that's kind of the talk. And, of course, fear is also destructive because it undermines, the, the, we start to doubt God's plan. Because, well, you know, this is what it is. This is where it's going on. And that, of course, is deeply problematic. You can imagine, when we have this doubt kind of going, when we have this fear strong, it almost feels like the inevitable will likely be divorce. Especially if you're going through some struggles, you say, oh my goodness, I'm likely in the half that's not going to make it. We're likely not going to make it because half don't. You have this in your mind. It's kind of like, let's just say that you were on the Niagara River. You were boating on the Niagara River, and your boat stalls. <laughs> you get it? Boat stalls. Uh, the current is 35 miles an hour on the Niagara River between Lake Erie and Ontario. And of course, you know, just a quarter mile down the stream is Niagara Falls, the largest waterfall with the most water crashing over it in the world. And your boat is a quarter mile upstream. It's a matter of, uh, could you get this thing started? Uh, like, come on, could you get this thing going? Like, hello, we're only an eighth of a mile now, and it's moving along like this. It's almost like, well, it's the inevitable. We're going over the falls. And that's kind of the feeling that, that people have about marriage these days. If there's any struggles, there's this there's a sense, well, it's inevitable. It's a struggle. And you know what? It's not just, uh, and by the way, just, just hear me clear. If you've been through a difficult thing like a divorce, if you're sitting here today and you're alone, this is not a judgment on what you've been through. You know how hard it is. You know how difficult it is. If you have loved ones who've been through a difficult divorce or remarriage, this is not a judgment. Not at all. But this is telling us as a church, there's something else you've got to hear because our culture is wrong. All right. Now the next slide. This is the part I don't like because I'm going to apologize. You say, well, Dave, we hardly know you. Why would you be apologizing to us? Well, I can't guarantee that I said it in this church, but having uh, traveled and been a speaker for over 40 years, I've spoke all over, frankly, 26 countries of the world, and without a doubt at Northview, a large church, an MB church, and where Bruce and I and Lisa were all on, on, you know, there together. I know I said it there, said it all over, but I've actually been one who has said, as a marriage and family expert, you understand that, that you know, 50% of marriages in Canada end in divorce. That came across my lips. I also said this other statement here, that the divorce rate within the church, the divorce rate within the church is virtually the same as it is outside the church. I said that. And I want you to know that that I should have known better. I should have researched deeper. I should have asked more questions myself. But for, well, at least the first one, the 50% divorce rate within the church, I'm sure that I've been sharing that one for like 20, 25 years. And I want you to know the one about, you know, The divorce rate inside the church is the same as outside the church. I know since it came out in 2001, I'm sure I've shared it. I don't want to think how many times. But the beautiful thing about my apology to the general church of Christ is these things are not true. I want this to settle in. Because in the back of many, many minds... A lot of people think, well, yeah, I've heard that before, and yeah, I, I, I've heard other leaders say those kind of things, and, and, and it is kind of discouraging. We're kind of wondering, well, not a really good chance a marriage is making it. And, and just to illustrate, if you can picture here, uh, this second row here, there's 10 of you. Would you stand up, please? all oh, 10 of you, right? So, so these, these 10 here, just imagine that these are um, representing a marriage. These are not individuals. They're each representing a marriage, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, would you yeah, ten, there you go. I was going to say, you're hiding over here. Okay, so, so here, here's what our culture was saying. If this represents 10 marriages, okay, you five sit down. Those five didn't make it, these five might. Do you understand? That they're saying one out of two, five out of 10 marriages are not going to make it. That's what the culture saying. Sit down. I'll come back to you guys later, okay? So, so just stay with me, okay? So this is what's behind it, all right? So I want to share with you these truths and, and of course, give credit uh, as credit is due here. So, so, so let's go to the next slide here. Uh, yeah, this is the good news about marriage. I pumped that one up enough. Let's go. Next one. Good. This is the book it comes from. This came out three years ago. Shanti Felton and Jeff Felton were on the TV show I had for six years. Wonderful couple. Love the Lord out of Atlanta. And she was tired of hearing these statistics. So for eight years, for eight years, she did research and was paid actually to try to figure this out. And she came come up with this book, The Good News About Married. Shanti is just a brilliant researcher, worked with people like Gary Chapman, Gary Smalley, and all kinds of wonderful godly people to try to get an answer to this. Because she, she said, not only was I tired of hearing it, but every place she would go speak, she'd go, is the divorce rate in your church 50%? No. I know in Northview, man, we were a church of 4,000. Are you kidding me? We hear about one or two divorces a year in her church? I mean, it should have been like 30 or 40 or 50 divorces a year in our church. It wasn't happening. So I figured, well, it must really be bad in Saskatchewan out here. And of course, you're saying, oh, Vancouver people, they're all getting divorced because there was no divorce like that in our church. You know, we're, we're thinking things like that, right? So she went into this research. She did primary research looking at over 100 sources over eight years. Interviewed people and come up with these statistics. I want you to know something. This is the teaching part. Grow with me, okay? Some of you think you're a little old for college. No, you're not. Okay, so let's look at this together. All right, so Shanti brought some great research. There's her photo. So truth number one. Truth number one, the actual divorce rate has never been close to 50%. Okay, the divorce rate has never been close to 50%. The truth is, the divorce rate has at best been, well, maybe around 20%. Now, you understand here, um, go to the next slide. Here, here's the rationale. This is, this is the origin of this. Where did this 50% divorce rate start? Okay, stay with me. A little bit of uh, sociology of the family history. About 40 years ago, there was a movement in California, first of all, to start with what we call no-fault divorce. When a person was going to get divorced back in the 70s and 80s, you had to prove cause. That means you had to show that your spouse was unfaithful, or you had to show that there was unjust treatment that would give you a right to get a divorce. Without those two things, you could not get a divorce. So now I had to hire private investigators to catch that my wife was cheating, or to show that my husband was beating me, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I had to have evidence to get a divorce. Well, that was really complicated and really messy. Okay, but what happened in the 70s, starting in California, and then by 82, went across to 48 of the states, and then by 86 in Canada, we had what was called no-fault divorce. That means you didn't have to prove just cause. If you were separated for a year from your spouse, you could get a divorce. Now, what happened in the 70s, okay, was a huge upswing of divorce because you could now get a divorce without having to prove, you know, just cause. You hear me? So there was this huge, huge rise of divorce in the 70s that peaked in 1980. And it was in 1980 they said, listen close, they said, in 1980, if the divorce rate continues, it'll actually get to 50%. It never was 50%. The highest it ever got to was 35% in 1980. But they projected that if it continued, man, we're going to get to a 50% divorce rate. Well, you know what happens. Okay, these projections actually started to... Uh, come alive. They started to, you know, take on a life of their own. And they became common assumptions and pretty suit everyday fact. And you and I throw it around. Well, 50% marriage is then a divorce. You know, that's been a fact for a long time. No, it hasn't been. The worst was 35% at 80. And it's amazing how that gets spun as the truth. Okay? So, what is the truth? Go to the next slide, please. The real numbers, the divorce rate within the church... Sorry, the divorce rate within the general population is, look at that, 20% for first marriages. And when you add other marriages that break down afterward, it slides up to 33 to 35%. Go back to my 10 here. 10 of you, stand up. Okay? This represents marriages. Now, this is really interesting. Okay? So of all these 10 marriages represented, you two sit down, you got divorced. I'm sorry. I'm picking on you the whole time. Okay, that means, look at this. Eight out of 10 marriages, first marriages are going to make it. That feels a little different, doesn't it? hello, I was just checking because I thought maybe all the Saskatchewan people are stone deaf or something, okay? So, so, but understand this, you see, that's a whole different picture. Then half are not going to make it. There's eight out of 10 marriages are going to make it. Sit down. You guys are making it. I'm just telling you. All right, that's good. So, so this is a wonderful bit of information. Let's go on to the second truth. The second truth is this, the divorce rate is declining and has been for 35 years, You hear in the news, oh, yeah, the divorce rate's getting worse every year. Lies. The divorce rate's getting worse and worse. This is just a terrible thing. Our society, the marriages are falling apart. Lies. Since 1980, it peaked at 35%. It's been dropping for the last 35 years. So what's the real truth? Let's get the truth. Here it is. The right perspective. Divorce rate is not climbing. And year after year, the divorce rate is dropping since 1980. That's a long time. Many of you weren't even alive, especially the front group here. You don't even know what 35 is. You've already hit 20, you know what I'm saying? So, so, but look at here's the deal. The marital picture is not bleak, but rather hopeful. Marriage is actually really a strong institution, and that's based on secular research, not Christian whimsical thinking. It's not, I hope it's better for the church. No, Shanti proved in the research that the strong marriage constitution that God wants is actually still making a difference let's keep going to the third third truth this is um, I love this one most marriage people today 88 percent, enjoy being married to their spouse and if had the chance would marry that person again but that's really different than we hear oh yeah you know marriage is really hard you know if you want to get happy you know don't get married you know because that'll be a hard thing we hear that? You know, I, 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 I'm not going to get you to stand, but I want you to just wave a hand. Stay with me. If you were 30 years or more married, or maybe your spouse has passed away, but you were over 30 years married when he or she passed away, I want you to raise your hand. Over 30 years married. Keep your hand up high. High. Okay, keep it high. Now, now people, I want you to look around. That's a lot of people who are still together. Yeah, yeah, I like that. But we have this notion, oh, people aren't together and they're not happy and this falling apart. Don't believe it. If nothing else, this is for the front three rows here, okay? Okay, because this is your future. You've got to believe this is going to work. I'm telling you, I'm married 42 years to this bombshell. I met her right here in Saskatoon. It's not a bad place to find a wife, you know? Whew. Okay, L- let's go on. Uh, where are we? Oh, matter of fact, did you know that in that whole no-fault divorce thing, I, I forgot to mention this. I don't need to change the PowerPoint. Just try to stay with me. Good luck. Okay, but, but, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. In 1982, Maclean's Magazine, which, as you know, is the Canadian magazine, the liberal magazine, the Canadian magazine, in 1982, on the cover, I was already teaching at BriarCrest Bible College. I still have in my files this actual Maclean's Magazine. I know, I've been teaching since Noah and I were contemporaries. Okay, I get it. So, but, but here's the deal. It said this, divorce. Over half of Canadian marriages will fail. See, they were saying what already the projection was. If it continues, over half of Canadian... They were throwing out the garbage way back in 82 here in Canada that marriages were going to fall apart. That's not fair. Here's the truth about this part. I love this part. The real good news is... Whoops, one more. Yep. That marriage actually makes people way more happy than it hurts people. 88%. Not only are happier in their marriage, but would marry their spouse again if they had a chance. Marriage is the best context in our world to have our core relational needs met. To actually be happy in our marriages. And it really is part of God's plan. That is really good news. Let's go on to the fourth truth. Oh boy. And this really helped me a lot. The fourth truth is this. Active faith clearly lowers the divorce rate almost in half. Active faith. Active faith means if you live your faith and you attend church and keep growing in your faith. If that is true of you, which obviously is a pretty good indication because you're here on a Sunday morning. But active faith actually drops the divorce rate in half. Here's the truth. Go ahead. Next one. The real story, if you get married today... And actively live out your faith. My goodness. You have a 90% chance of having a lasting marriage. 10, stand. 10, stand. Okay? Remember it started with this. Remember it started with the culture was saying, oh my goodness, half, you five, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Come on. The culture has said half of the marriages will end in divorce. You understand that? That's pretty scary. That's where it started. Stand up. And then within the general culture... 80% actually make it. One out of five. So you two sit down. You got this down now. You're good. See? So this is what it's saying. Okay? But here's the good news. If Jesus is in there, if you're actually practicing your faith, you get to stand up again. You've got to stay down. This is not a condemnation of you. I predict a great marriage for you. Okay. Poor girl, eh? She spent her whole day in church representing divorce. Would you love her? Okay? Yeah. Woo! Okay, I'll tell you what, I agree that you are two-thirds married. Did you know that? You're two-thirds married. You want to get married, I'll marry you, we just got to find a guy, okay? Two-thirds married. Okay, okay, so, but here's the statistics. If you're active in your faith, if God is in your life and you're practicing your faith, nine out of ten of the marriages will make it. Isn't that different? Isn't that pretty good news? I'm just saying. Hello? Is that not good news? Sit down, Good down. Oh my goodness, I like this good news. Okay, go to the next slide. I've got to tell you where this came from. Okay, where did this, you know, in 2001, Barna put out this research. And listen, I've met David Kinneman, who's the president of Barna. He's a good man. He loves the Lord. So they put out really credible research. And sometimes they expose things about the church that are not fun, but they're honest people saying, look, we just did this research, and this is what it is. But here's the nature of this research in 2001. And actually, Shanti tells the story where she and... Uh, Kinnaman, actually it was originally Barna because he's retired now, but Barna was with her at a conference where they were both speaking. And she said to him, she said, I'd like you to talk to you that I'm going to actually be talking about the divorce statistic that came out there, you know, within the church of 2001. And he said, oh my goodness, I hope you can clarify the mess, what happened. George Barna said that to Shanti herself. So here it is. The research was done on professing Christians. Professing Christians, do you believe in the bible yes do you believe that 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 that, um uh, there was one living god yes do you believe that jesus is son yes do you believe in the trinity yes do you believe in life after death yes so people would check a lot of things that they believe but they didn't check do you uh, practice your faith do you attend church it wasn't about the actual practice of faith it was about checking what they say they believe there's a lot of people who believe a lot of things but it doesn't change their life do you understand that so there was the in- inherent problem with this research, which Barna would agree, but it was on professing Christians, not people who are practicing their faith, okay? So, so what happens is, it, go ahead to the next one more click. Yeah, so, so the, if you engage their faith, if they were regularly in church attendance, it changed everything totally. So it came out into, listen, I remember, I remember hearing it, I, I just started, you know, this is 16 years ago, I just started leading Family Life Canada nationally as the director, and that came out the year I started directing Family Life. Oh, great. The divorce rate is the same inside the church as outside the church. No, that's not true. It's that people who believed in these uh, statements of faith, that they said yes to this, yes to this, yes to this, but didn't ever ask the question, do you practice your faith? Do you live your faith? Do you come to church regularly? And when they looked at attendance of church as just one of the examples of people regularly attending church what happened to those marriages that's where the numbers dropped way off and this is where it came from they said oh well you know divorce rate right within inside the church no divorce rate right the people who profess to believe these things you see the difference and that's how it all happened all right go to the next slide so this is the part i really like now could you let me preach well, i wanted you to hear the truth because you see the church we just kind of it, it was just kind of like a like a dinghy on a river we just kind of go downstream you know what I mean? We just kind of believe, well, we're poor us. This is the way it is. We just have to do our best. And I was part of that too because I, I believed those things and so I said, well, I'm going to help young marriages You know, try to get on the right half so they might not divorce, right? And so I was really kind of give them tips and truths to try to make it. And, but it changes so much when you get the truth. And now scripture really says it clear. We have this hope. You see, hope is the opposite of fear. We have this hope as an anchor to our souls. The hope that Jesus makes a difference. Because you see, it used to bother me. I'd travel around and I would try to make sure people worked on their marriages to keep strong and even though the divorce rate inside the church is virtually the same as so I thought. But it didn't make sense to me because every place I went, it just the divorce rate in the church wasn't that way. I didn't see it that way. But to come back to this amazing truth, That Jesus does change lives. And that's an anchor for our soul. He makes a difference in relationships. I will say this more than once in this next 10 minutes. I want you to understand something. I have yet to see a marriage fall apart where husband and wife are both soft towards God. When people are soft towards God and whatever God wants, I'll do. When people are soft towards God, marriages make it. When marriages fall apart, one is kind of going like this to God and walking away and doing their own thing. They're not listening to God. But where both are soft towards God, marriages make it. What an amazing, encouraging piece of scripture here. Go to the next slide. You see, the hope that firmly anchors us is that faith in Jesus really does make a difference in life. It really makes a difference in marriage. That is the truth. The, the research has shown that, that because of faith and living your faith, only one out of ten will end up in divorce on average. Not five out of ten or even two out of ten. To know that, that Jesus can anchor my life and, and the best thing I can do as I look towards marriage, or the best I can do in a young marriage, or the best I can do in a marriage that's struggling, is to put my hope in Jesus and say, Jesus, would you change me? Would you work in me? Would you do something in my life? Because if I let Him do that, and it doesn't matter, by the way, my wife and I are 42 years married. So we could represent those marriages here that are vintage marriages. I didn't say antique marriages. I said vintage, just like wine, we get better with age. At least I know my wife does. Hard to believe. We're 42s married, marriage. She still looks 37. So I'll take that. It works for me. But here's the deal, people. You've got to believe that no matter where you're at in your marital journey, that putting God first in your marriage will anchor you and will bring a change that will sweeten any relationship. That's the good news. Let me give you the second one here. Unless the Lord builds the house from Psalm 127, its builders labor in vain. You see, see, there's something powerful about putting Jesus as the foundation to your marriage. You know, I've done 256 weddings, and if I was standing here, not in front of a communion table, but a couple that was getting married today, we'll call it Bill and Sally, uh, I would say to Bill, listen Bill, the greatest thing you can do today is to keep a soft heart towards God. Because if you do, Bill, you become the man, the husband, and down the road, as God will bless, you'll become the father God wants you to be. Sally, the greatest thing you can do for Bill today is to keep a soft heart towards God, Sally. Because if you do, you become more the woman he wants you to be. You'll become God's best plan for this man as his wife, and down the road, as God will bless, you'll become an amazing mother. Sally, Bill, keep a soft heart towards God, because you make him your foundation. It makes a difference in marriages. Society has, has tried to tell us otherwise, that Jesus doesn't change things, but he does. And you build your foundation on Jesus. Just like a sheer foundation of a house that, is, that is, is true and level and strong, you build it on the foundation of Jesus and you'll build a household of faith. And it won't be rocked when the strong winds come, because Jesus makes a difference. You see, to allow the Lord to build your home creates a strong. And lasting foundation. Oh what encouragement. To know that. Truth number three. Another fabulous scripture. Listen to this. But at the beginning of creation. God made the male and female. For this reason a man. Will leave his father and mother. Be united to his wife. The two will become one flesh. So no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together. Let no man separate. See right from the start. God designed it to be one man, one woman for life. And he designed that that we would come together and and be united, not just sexually, but united in every way. Emotionally, relationally, but united in every way. That we would come together and that bond would be a lifetime bond. And that what God has joined together. You see, when God is in that, picture this. I'm a grandfather of 12 kids. And, and, and I've been a reasonable athlete. I'm still kind of in okay shape. And I tell you this because let's just say I took two of my grandkids. One little granddaughter and one little grandson. Let's just say they're five, six, or seven. And they come over to me and I put my arms around them and I squeeze them. And then I lock my arms and I say, okay, you two, try to get out. And they, I, matter of fact, I say, if you get out, I'll give you a loony. But I want you to know something. My arms are strong enough to keep those two little kids, even at their most stubborn fightingness, I can keep them at bay. They cannot get away. Oh, people, understand. God's plan is that he would put his arms of love around you as husband and wife, that even when you are being stupid. Of course, that's the husband, never the wife, of course. <laughs> uh, just, just saying, I'm just uh, you know, trying to help you in the obvious, you know. Because, you know, men, we're the, we're the old man, I'm my husband. Okay, well, whatever. That's just when men don't speak very much about that, usually. The women kind of, okay, never mind. Okay, so, so but, but here's the picture. God's got his arms wrapped around you, you see? He doesn't want you to separate. He'll help you keep it. Even when you're at your worst, God can help you. I want you to know something. When Don and I went through difficult years in our marriage, years three to five, but for the grace of God, even though I was pastoring at Center Street Church in Calgary, I want you to know, but for the grace of God, we could be split up because I didn't realize how selfish I was until I got married. And we had some issues between us that were causing such deep, deep, deep rifts in our heart and life that, that we were not enjoying ourselves together. But God still was our anchor. We knew that he would be with us through those difficult times. And yes, it's 35 plus years ago, but I want you to know I can remember those things. She would say that if she really had freedom to have a car and access to the money, she would have left me. That's how dark it was for both of us. But here's the truth. Look at this. God's plan is best. And it's one man, one woman for life. And I tell you what, don't doubt God's plan. It works. Because remember, nine out of ten marriages with God in the middle make it. Not 50-50. The last scripture I'll go to. Joshua. Matter of fact, this is such a good scripture. You came to my house in Abbotsford and saw my wife's amazing kitchen. This is on the wall in our kitchen. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. After 40 years of speaking to people publicly, I know, I've seen, the truth of God works, people. And if I could, from my heart of hearts, tell you one thing, put God in the middle. Put God in the middle of your life, put God in the middle of your marriage. Say say as a couple today, you know what, as for me and my house, me and my kids, we're going to serve the Lord. Why? Because Jesus makes a difference. Jesus makes a difference. Don't let the culture tell you again any other lies. It is the truth. Jesus still makes a difference. And so as husband and wife together, or some of you who are engaged or dating a special guy, you want to make sure that you talk about where's Jesus going to be in this relationship. Right here in Saskatoon, when Donna and I were dating, she was at Walter Murray, and I was at Aiden Bowman. And we started to write love notes back and forth to each other. It started back there in our life. We would say, you know, love Dave, love Donald, in a little note. And then we would put a heart with a three in it. The heart with the three in it said, it's you, me, and Jesus right from the start, babe. We believe that he made a difference. And before we got married, we already said, he is going to be center of our future. Oh, I'm so glad he was. Because at the time was when I was a complete dingbat, or worse. And of course, she was just a casual off a little, you know, kind of. Well, not too much. How'd I do? Am I still married? Good. Okay, good. God still was our anchor. God still was our anchor. Choose this day, Forest Grove, whom you're going to serve. As for me and my household, as long as I live, we will put Jesus first. Because I've seen it now in my four kids married. I've seen it now in my grandkids I've seen them now as they grow to love Jesus and the difference he makes. And my prayer that would be that through Dave and Donald and Curry and our kids and our grandkids that there would be an unbroken line of Christians until the day that Jesus comes. But it starts with Donald and I. Because you know what? Now we're the top of the pyramid of our family. Because my dad right here in Saskatoon in December passed away. My dad's now passed away. He's with Jesus. Hard day in my life. I loved my dad so much. Ken Curry. Matter of fact, Sixteen years ago, we we buried Mama. did the service right here for my mom. Sixteen years ago, right here. They're both with Jesus, but I'll tell you one thing. They loved Jesus after they accepted him. He changed the marriages. He changed our lives as kids. All of our marriages, all of their grandkids, and now the great-grandkids are following Jesus. Jesus makes a difference. You choose today whom you're going to serve. Don't believe the culture and all the lies. Truth, this is good. Oh, we got it already. Choosing to follow Jesus in your home makes the difference in the satisfaction and the longevity of your marriage. So what do we do from here? What do we do from here? First of all, um, I'm going to just close with these comments. But when Dahl and I got married back in the 70s, (laughs) 1974, we were married young, and back in that day, there was a lot of people getting married younger like we did, basically 19, and, and, and um, my mom, who loved Jesus, she said this to me, I'll never forget. She says, Dave, she says, I know you're getting married young, but I really believe that you guys will make it because you have the Lord. Dorothy was right. Dorothy was right. Jesus made the non-negotiable difference in our marriage, even at the toughest times, He's the one that kept us together. So here's, here's what you could do today. First of all, appreciate the good news. Let the truth sink in. We've heard so much skeptical, doubting talk about marriage and marriage within the church. Let the truth sink in. The divorce rate is not, I repeat, not at 50%. First marriage divorce rate is at one in five. Or you got an 80% chance of making it and then for the christian the truth is it's a one in ten chance of your marriage falling apart if you're following jesus you got to put hope in a god who actually makes marriage worse work you actually understand that you appreciate the good news let it sink in today number two you got to talk about the good news you got to advertise it Maybe you could tell someone, hey, listen, there was an interesting message at a church. This Dr. Dave guy was here, and it's he really different because we've heard so much about the negative thing about marriage. You should hear this. He's got all these facts, and you could actually link to your church, you know, this video that we're doing here, and just tell people. Or you can go to my website, doingfamilyright.com, and on the scroll, scrolling lead articles, it's the same talk, the good news about marriage. You could just link to it on your, your Facebook site or, or, or Instagram or whatever and say, hey, you should have a look at this because the truth about marriage is different than I thought. And then you let other people read exactly what I talked about here today. And thirdly, need to adjust to the good news. <laughs> maybe, maybe today you're sitting here a little discouraged. Matter of fact, maybe today you're sitting here and your marriage, you're separated. You're here by yourself. Maybe today you're coming from a home where mom and dad split up and you're having doubts about your head of whether it's going to work. I want you to know something for you to appreciate or rather adjust to the good news means, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to put you in the middle of my life and then in my future relationship or in my current marriage, I'm going to put you in the middle of my marriage. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The last frame is this. Keep calm and carry on, church. Keep calm and carry on. His way to do marriage is best. Keep calm and carry on. There's good news about marriage. Jesus doesn't just change lives. He changes marriages. Let me pray. Father, thank you for allowing us to have this riveting, this deeply insightful discussion. Thank you, Lord, that your way is best. Thank you, Lord, that putting you first does make a difference. Lord, reaffirm our faith. Take us deeper, we pray. And I pray your hand a blessing upon every marriage represented here, and every future marriage represented here, Lord, that they would see that putting God in the middle of it is the best thing they could do. There'd be a whole bunch of hearts with threes in them because they want Jesus in the middle of it all. Thank you, Jesus. Continue to bless and work through this church, Bruce and Lisa, and all the teams in the various sites, Lord. Do a great thing through Forest Grove. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.